thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on High at Nine News are those of the individual speakers and not those of High at Nine News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Happy, happy, happy Tuesday. That's right. It's Tuesday, January 23rd, and today is National Handwriting Day, especially because they don't teach kids how to do that in school anymore. And it's also National Pie Day because everyone loves a good pie to the face. Right, Rico? Everybody. Mm-hmm. That's right. Thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can look down below on your screen to see where we reside on the Internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And that's right on our very own website, www.hyatt9news.com. So welcome to everyone joining us from any one of those platforms and kicking it off today. That's right. We have the dope dad himself, Mr. Rico Lamide, who has the paper bag backdrop and the matching cap. That's right. It is none other than the dope dad himself, Rico Lamide. Paper bag boy in the building. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. I think you need a duffel bag bag backdrop next time, Rico. Oh, mm hmm. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, team, and good morning, everybody else. Um, I got some um, news for you guys coming out of the great state of Florida, where it looks like Meatball Ron's return to his home state of Florida with a brand new appreciation for reality. In the current reality in the most unreal state in, of the union is that weed for the people will be on the ballot at the end of this year. That's right, y'all. Fresh off the suspension of a failed Republican presidential bid where he was barely able to poll higher than a woman who refused to say civil war is about slavery. Florida <laughs> Governor Ron DeSantis now says a marijuana legalization initiative will, in fact, be on the state's November ballot. A move marijuana moments, Kyle Yeager says, is a favorable legal outcome for activists in the Supreme Court in the face of a challenge from attorney general who's seeking to block the vote. For the article days before dropping out of the race for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination, DeSantis was asked about the prospect of legalization making the Florida ballot by cannabis lobbyist Don Murphy. DeSantis' response, I think the court is going to approve that, so it'll be on the ballot. It's not totally clear if DeSantis received indication from the court about the status of a case still weighing legal challenge from Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody, or if he's just making a prediction based on the issues at play. 
But Moody has asked the court to invalidate the measure, despite activists collecting nearly one million signatures for ballot replacement. Yeager noted that uh, the state of official, the state official previously successfully petitioned justices to prevent a 2022 legalization initiative from receiving voter consideration. And that won't be the case this round, according to the governor. While he opposes the reform and pledged not to federally decriminalize marijuana if he was elected president when he was running, he says the voters will get a chance to decide on the issue this round. The state Supreme Court heard the oral arguments of the case against the smart and safe Florida campaign uh, last November, but it has not issued a ruling yet. It will need to do so by April 1st. Yeager also reported that DeSantis weighed in on another relevant cannabis policy issue last week when he separately told Murphy that he does not believe the federal gun ban for legal state legal marijuana consumers is constitutional. Florida's former Agricultural uh, Commission, Nikki Freed, brought a lawsuit against Biden administration over the rule, though the governor did not get involved. Prior to dropping out, DeSantis also said earlier this month that if elected president, he would respect the decisions that states make on marijuana legalization, despite his personal view that the uh, reform has a negative impact. So what do y'all think? Is the failed presidential bid of one Ron DeSanctimonious the best thing that's happened to cannabis advocates in Florida? Will the beat down and battered man most likely next in line for his own Sunshine State medical card now be the cannabis champion the people of Florida need? Or is he just posturing in a thinly veiled attempt to beat fellow Florida man Matt Gates to the punch as the pro-cannabis gubernatorial candidate in their inevitable 2026 showdown? I'm Rico Lamy, the dopest dad on the street for Hyatt 9 News, asking the tough questions that nobody on the team will have real answers for. What do you think, Jason? <laughs> I, have, I have real answers for all of these questions, Rico. So first of all, it's to my understanding that uh, Governor uh, DeSanctimonious is uh, is basically going to be termed out. So he's not going to be able to run. So there'll be a f- brand new governor coming into Florida in the next midterm election in 2026, oh. which okay. w- which will be, I'm telling you, is going to be either Byron Donalds or Matt Gates. Hey. You didn't think it could get worse than fucking Ron DeSantis, right? And Matt Gates. I, I think those. I think those are two fantastic uh, candidates for for Florida governor. But I'm I'm more I, I ride I ride way more with Matt Gates than uh, than uh, than Byron Donalds because Byron Donalds is a, more of a shill for the machine. He's a McCarthy supporter and whatnot. So. Uh, yeah. Like the fact that he likes to molest you. I'm rolling. I, I'm rolling. He does, that's fake news. I'm ro- oh, I'm rolling yeah. with Matt Gates all day on this one. Shout out to Matt Gates. Shout out to the first district in Florida. And Gates. oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> one more. We got one more down before Trump can be the president. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Pathetic. Did, did you, Jason? Jason, did you just say that it was fake news about all that underage prostituting stuff with Matt Gates? Like that was that was completely manufactured by the deep state. All manufactured, all manufactured by the DNC, the deep state, all of them. Because I heard the only thing Matt Gates hasn't molested in Florida was a manatee, and that's just because they swam faster than him. So I'm, I'm just no. Okay, that was that was that that was cute, Yara. That was real, real cute. But but all of that is. I mean, you guys did say originally for the first six months on the show I was from Florida. I'm just. We, we all know. We all know. We all know. Trust me. I, I know. I know you love the breakers. I know. I know. I know, Yara. What do you think about this one, Mary? You with us, Mary? You miss? Muted. Oh, you might, you're on mute, Mary. Mary. You're on mute, yeah, Mary. There we, we go. go. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like Florida has been in the trenches with cannabis. Like where they are with cannabis is like 50 years behind where California is. And it's very sad. Um, the people need weed and mm -hmm. that's as basic as yes, it gets. And so uh, as far as that goes, that's how, I mean, that's, how, that's just how I feel. Mm -hmm. And um, whoever's going to bring the people weed is pretty much the person that needs to get in there immediately. Mm -hmm. Whoever is going to bring the people. people weed. Well, the, here's I the think thing. That, it's as simple I, as I that. Think Ron's, Ron's failed run might actually give him a moment of humility. And with that humility, he may be willing to examine some of his political positions. As we post-mortem his failed run for president, there were a lot of questionable choices he made strategically. And if in this moment of humility, he revisits some of his political positions uh, for Floridians, that might not be a terrible thing. Well, you know, go woke, go broke, you know. It's, it's interesting, too, because I know at the top yeah. of the year, a GOP lawmaker filed a bill to cap THC percents if if a law should pass mm -hmm. at 10 percent THC. Yeah. yeah, I think that's totally ridiculous. Yeah. That, that's just that's just a law that's going to uh, flood the trap market and, and is going to the, the trap is going right, to thrive under under that type of a situation. And in, uh, in their defense, of course, in, in, their, in their defense of that, my, uh, in their defense, the only uh, real experience that they have with any kind of uh, quote-unquote weed in their eyes is uh when the rise of k2 when, when the florida men were chewing off each other's face back in the hey day. that was real bro yeah. that was, was called, real the zombie apocalypse quote-unquote synthetic weed yeah you remember that like i do it is not there was there was the guy there was the guy that weed. like there was the guy like that did is. like a zombie attack and tried eating those people's face off that yeah. was Matt Gates. No, that was not. <laughs> Stop it. Stop the ridiculousness. They've had medical weed there Matt. for a couple of years now, so uh, there's definitely more potent weed than than ten percent. How cool will it be right when I think? I think even how cool will it be? Medical seventeen. They've had medical for many years. Several years. Um, yeah. So it's, but 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 you know, hubris doesn't exist in politics. Oh. Like, like you know. That's just not a thing. So it's it doesn't matter about how what lessons are learned. We're never gonna get over the the hump of cannabis still being the pejorative in the southeast and definitely in Florida. And there's too many Bible thumpers down there that want nothing to do with it when in fact cannabis is like the anointing oil that's spoken in the Bible. And so yep. I, I love the, I love the you know, I love all of the, you know, rhetoric from Florida and from you know, all these different business owners who have been kind of helping push this along. And there's people like, look, there's definitely pro cannabis business politicians in Florida. Matt Gates may be one of them. He is one and, of them. He's the and I think, and them. I think that that's kind of why Jason likes Matt Gates. Um, I also think because he like, you know, likes to take the page out of the book, old Trumpy, and he has the Michael Cohen pay off the, you know, the people, oh, bro. He's God. never caught Stop with the money it. with the payoffs. It's Stop always the, the other guy. You know, he's the, the guy who's got the Michael Cohen. Don't Stop worry about the, it, you know? So let's not hate on Matt Gates if he's going to change the if he's gonna change the tune Matt and change Gates the tone a down in champion you know, Florida. For Florida and a champion for patients and consumers in Florida. That's just the facts. I'm not a champion cool. of any man. I'm champion only a champion of the planet. So if, he, if he's going to do that, then that's good. I mean, how cool will it be when people in Florida start lab shopping to get a lower 
potency test so they can get at that 10%, right? They're at 27%. They're like, yo, dog, put 9.99 on that real quick. They don't have to. They don't have to inflate the test. They don't here's have the thing. They don't here's have the thing. Doctor, the test of their weed is terrible down there. Have you seen the weed growing in I'm Florida? Willing, Most willing of the to... weed is pretty bad. It's probably in the nine, nine and a half percent range. So there's some weed in Florida that's really good. Shout out Flowery um, and uh, Preferred Gardens. All the good people doing good, good work down there. But there's there's a lot of there's a lot of troubled troubled gardens down there. So I wouldn't say that ten uh, percent. I think ten percent is pretty average for Florida weeds. So I, th- I don't think I, hold on, Simon. I think even Bammer weed would test at ten percent. Uh, <laughs> in Canada boof just saying weed, oh Canada boof yeah. weed Canada I'm boof weed kidding. would come I'm in at like 12% we're only jokes we're only kidding we're, we're, here much love to the growers in Florida stop this stop the ridiculousness we recovered that last year Jason dad grass the, the, the dad grass that was getting like, 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 like 10% and less like uh, they were talking about oh this is gonna be the future get the fuck out of here yeah ain't, ain't no one ain't no one smoking that ain't no one smoking that I don't want 10% weed I'm a dad you you smoke ten percent no, weed, Todd? All jokes aside, all jokes aside, I did aside. not become a dad with ten percent weed. <laughs> That's right. A father mm-hmm. one does not make with low potency cannabis on date night. Yeah, exactly. No, but, the, but all jokes all jokes aside, just as a, just from a from a medical basis, high THC, you know, cannabis type one cannabis, um, you know, later in the, in the latter years of your life isn't recommended, you know, higher, um, you know, higher gradients of other cannabinoids like CBD, um, CBG, CBC, um, variant, cannabis, cannabis are also, you know, you know, really, really good in those, um, later years of your life, but high THC mm-hmm. and high THC tolerance is a real thing. So it's like, we're just, we're just teed up, you know, no pun intended. And that's why we have to consume such high you know, amounts and high quantities of THC. It's just because that's our receptors are, are haven't had a break for a long time. I know me and Jason haven't had a break Simone. for a long time, uh, but like, you know, that's just uh, simple. This is just simple, Simone. simple physiology. Simon and, and Todd, you both have great quantitative minds with, with testing and numbers and things like this. So Willie Sheets, Vermont alternative, he says, how much is 10% in Canadian? And I'm willing to bet that that's going to be about a 7.5 or a 8 point, or 8%. And I want to know what you guys think. Willie Sheets, you closer to Canada than all of us, man. So you'd have a better idea. <laughs> uh, 10% is 10%. Doesn't matter what country you're in. Are you sure it's the same? It doesn't, uh, it doesn't change in Canada? Uh, <laughs> oh, I, 10% man. is 10%. Because we, we deliver two... two um, numbers on weed it's milligrams per gram and then percentage of thc so it could go either way yes, man 10 percent is 10 percent. 10 percent is still 10 percent in canada yeah. man I'm and a 10 percent in florida and a 10 percent right. but it hasn't got passed yet there's just a lawmaker that's proposing it and and i'm and i'm and i'm against that proposal i think that's just a prohibitionist mindset <laughs> and, really uh, he needs he needs to it's the worst he, he needs to examine the plant will his, not allow it exactly he needs to uh, uh, um to re-examine his choices and maybe read the constitution um in regards to freedom and liberty and on that we're going to go to a commercial and we're going to and be the right pursuit back. of happiness that's right too Oh man, that was weird. Hey, you America. Do I look like Sean Connery? (laughs) 
Good morning, America. Saman Razani coming to you live from sunny Los Angeles, California with the one and only highest host, Mr. Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast? You can find it on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. No excuses in 2024. If you haven't checked us out, check it out now. And also, check out what The Prophet's doing in 2024. No, yes. no, and no. No, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> Are you sure? Up next. Positive. <laughs> the high nine head honcho is known by many for smoking the best weed in the world. When he's down in Florida next, you yes. might see him on the campaign trail. <laughs> I should have been partying with him in New Hampshire. Putting the smoke in the air next to uh, one Matt Gates. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, check the party receipts. Know where he was the night before. That's Come right. to the stage. You know who it is. Jason Beck. Oh, yeah. Good morning, you guys. Oh, man. So I have a kind of a longer story. I'm going to summarize this up. But you know what? I brought you guys some good news today, and I think a lot of you are actually going to like this, even though we already know it's related to New York, so you know they're going to screw it up eventually. But apparently there's going to be homegrown pot plants may soon to be legal in New York. That's right. Nearly three years after marijuana was legalized in New York, regulators are poised to adopt rules that will allow anyone 21 and older to lawfully cultivate their own plants. Now, I'm just wondering, New York's housing situation, you're so small, so I don't understand where anyone is going to grow this, and their power grid really isn't set up for that, but nonetheless. The proposed regulations, which are expected to be discussed at Wednesday's meeting of the state's cannabis control board, include a provision that would allow retail marijuana store owners and operators to sell starter plants to customers in the draft regulations are adopted it could set up a timeline for individuals to have up to six marijuana plants three mature and three immature in their gardens this year new york is a is a few months away from its fourth outdoor growing uh, season since marijuana was legalized in the spring of 2021 and a, a law that led many people to wrongly believe they could grow their own marijuana without a license or as of october 2022 without a medical prescription for cannabis. Um, the proposed rules specify that each private residence, no matter how many adult residents live there, beyond one person can have no more than six plants and si- no more than six mature plants and six immature plants growing at once. It also limits the amount of cannabis that someone can possess up to five pounds of cannabis flower that has been trimmed for plants and which have which have been cultivated in or on the grounds of said person's private residence. So they're basically also telling you how fast you have to consume your flowers, which is kind of crazy to me. For those who transform the flower to a concentrate, the limit on how much of that substance they can possess will be equivalent of what the product would represent in weight from cultivated cannabis. The provision in the Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act that approved the home cultivation of cannabis for personal use had specified that it could take effect only after the state's Office of Cannabis Management had issued regulations governing home cultivation of cannabis, which will occur within 18 months of the first adult use retail sale. 
But the first legal sale of recreational marijuana in New York did not take place until December of 2022, when a downstate nonprofit organization, Housing Works, opened a retail marijuana shop in New York City. The details on the limitations governing how many homegrown plants someone can have or how much of the finished product they can possess were listed in the law that legalized marijuana in New York. But the provisions allowing licensed retailers to sell starter plants in a new provision and intended to give those store owners another way to generate revenue. The retailers who want to sell their starter plants, they will be required to have an active nursery dealer registration certificate from the State Department of Agriculture and Markets, and they will also be required to label each plant with information that includes the strain, expected date of harvest, and a warning to keep it out of the reach of children. Why would they put an estimated harvest date? Like, they have to veg the plant out first. This is so stupid. Marijuana seeds have uh, been legal in the U.S since 2018 under Federal Agriculture Improvement Act and the state of the Office Office of Cannabis Management does not regulate the sale of seeds or anyone uh, 21 or older can purchase them online or at cannabis retail shops. And this article goes on and on and on, but in the sake of time, I'm going to leave it there. And if you want to read more about this article, you can go to our website at www.highat9news.com. But this is Jason Beck, and I'm going to digress. This is Jason Beck for the High at 9 News. What do y'all think about this? Read, read it should be legal everywhere. Why shouldn't we be allowed to grow our own weed? It's ridiculous that it's illegal. Yeah. Um, you know, if you live certain miles away from a dispensary, it's just so stupid. Six I mean, what time. about what about rainwater capture? I mean, that's illegal in a lot of places. Right. It's like there's there's a lot of ridiculous <laughs> rules that, they, that, that are imposed on citizens that are just like, they don't make sense. We want to take our own liberty into our own hands as individuals most of us with growing your own medicine with growing your own food with you know creating your own clean source of drinking water i mean this is like this is just the basics this is like you know in in the 2024 version of maslow's hierarchy of needs growing your own weed is definitely high on the list Um, i mean and it's but it's ridiculous that people can't but uh, but the housing situation in new york is also interesting and I, I wonder on. how much that has to do with so, what so, it is. Come on, come on, come on. Let, 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 let's, let's step into reality for a second, okay? Let's step into reality, me. all right? Five pounds. You have five pounds of weed. You, the new you, NYPD runs into your house. You have five pounds of weed. And you're like, oh, I just, I just grew this. I just grew this. Uh, this, 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 is, this is from my harvest. What are they going to do then? What are they going to do? Well, well, I mean, I mean. How are look, they going mean, to prove it? How are they going to prove it? How are they going to prove it? That you, that you grew well, it or you didn't I mean, grow it? I mean, I. I mean, this is the this is the thing is there's a committee set up to decide these things, right? And they're going to say whatever they want to say. But I, I mean, again, this is why th- this goes back to the root of all of this: just de- decriminalize and deschedule, right? That's it. Because then you don't have to worry about the cops running into your house and coming up with a lie about where you got your five pounds at. It's like no, I got my five pounds at the it's not, it's store not, it's on the It's not necessarily a lie, though, Simon. It's you have to co- you have to make something up if you're not growing your own cannabis, Jason. That's you, what you, you literally. No, that's, that's the scenario. How do you know so I didn't I'm grow gonna it? Tell you, how do you know I didn't grow? I'm going to tell you that it's just ridiculous that you even have to come up with an explanation. No excuses, no explanations. Those are the things that I live by. How is long? You got to just prove whether or not you have to, to understand this is a plant, and it doesn't like it. Th- there's there shouldn't be the restrictions that are on it. The taxation part is the whole component to this that makes us have to abide by such, you know, strict and absurd regulation. It's just the taxation. 
I think it's a good step. I think it's a, a, a good half step forward uh, to help rectify these situations they're dealing with all that old weed that they have in the state. What do you mean? How is this going to help them? How is this going to help them sell the old weed? How is this going to help them sell old weed, Rico? Because if you grow on your own shit, you only have to complain about the, the, the stale shit that's at the stores. But let me tell you something, bro. People aren't just going to all of a sudden just go, oh, you know what? We're going to go that. and shop at weed stores now because they it sell is, plants. It's their, way to, it's, it's their way to put a Band-Aid on a knife wound, man. It's, this is not. I'm it. still caught up in the fact that rainwater capture is illegal. Rainwater, rainwater is capture keeping, is illegal in California. I'm all about <laughs> keeping the rainwater hostage. The only hostages I want released are in the Middle East. I want to uh, keep all that nice rainwater. Water. I'm it's hoarding not that, not okay? Over there in the Middle East. Now you're, yeah, now you're sounding you, like you the Zion work rainwater. Bro. You know, you know how dirty that rainwater is is gonna be. Like, it's, I got no I got I got a filter, not on my mouth, LA. but on yeah. my rainwater capture. He's got, a, got he's a got a Brita. He's got a Brita at home, Rico. Man, I got an RO for every situation. With some gator uh, gator lights in it, some electrolytes in it. <laughs> I'm gonna Man. run it through a black light, and then I'm gonna run it through an RO, and I am gonna keep all that rainwater here in California. We need as much as much salt-free moisture as we can get. So there's one other yeah. one other yeah. one other part of this one one other part of this story. I wonder uh, how are they gonna define a mature to an immature plant because the Department of Agriculture defines... By the way, defines, it treats its No, parents, no, no. Hold Jason. on a second. Hold on a second, Yara. Yeah. Hold on. Because the, the, the Department of Agriculture defines a mature plant as being ready to harvest. That's the, that's their definition. Department of it, Agriculture. Does it pick up its laundry? Does it do its dishes? Does it listen to it have a to job? And, and, have if a it's job. displaying immature behavior, then it is... To be blamed. If, if it calls you bra okay. or doesn't look up from its phone, it's still immature. It's Every time. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. What do you think about this, Mary? Immature or mature? I I think that's crazy. I don't know how they're going to enforce any of that. I mean, also their definitions are wonky. They're also asking people to essentially be very uh, advanced cultivators. When a lot of people who are trying to grow their own, oftentimes it's like their first time ever mm -hmm. interacting with a plant like that, um, mm -hmm. you know, because it could be like your mom or your friend who's just like, hey, I came up on some seeds, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, it's like impossible really to like truly have a handle on that, you know. Mm -hmm. Also, it's a little funny that like it's at what plants total at three different at, at, at at least two different uh, places in the life cycle and then only having five pounds on you. I don't know if somebody knows what they're doing. Those six, those six plants can produce six pounds pretty easily. You'd I have think. to, you'd have to be and grown. You'd have to be growing outdoors sudden, for that. You're not going to get that with no indoor. You have to be growing outdoors to do that. And there ain't that's not right. true, Jason. You're that's not. You're not. You're, you're not. You're not. You're, you are not going to pull six pounds in with six plants. Jason. In Jason. Indoor. One plant. One plant can be gigantic indoors. Just it can be no, you're outdoors. Not, no, I mean, I'm sure there's that. people on the come on, no. Stop and, it. Yeah, stop stop the ridiculousness. Exactly. I want to hear from our. I want to hear from the people in our chat. I bet stop you there's somebody the in our chat that's probably grown an indoor plant that yielded <laughs> at minimum one pound. No. No. There's no one. There's no one. No, that's not real. Cat it's, just not what, it's just not what most oh, yeah, people Cat are Williams, doing. Cat Williams, Cat Williams. I mean, also in New York, in New York, they're going to be growing indoor. They have to be growing like what in their closets? They're going to have like well, a big huge. There's actually a lot of greenhouse the lights. Oh, okay. you mean well, like personal yeah. home grow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Four by four tent, like a, and yeah. 
Yeah. What about lighter. on a terrace? Exactly. What about on a terrace, right? That's, like that, all that's those still terrace? outdoor. That's still outdoor. That's considered outdoor, Yarl. That's outdoor. I throw a little yeah, plastic I over mean, it. It's indoor. Then, yeah. Hold on, Simone. Let Mary speak for a second. Go ahead, Mary. No, I just don't know how realistic it is for growing cannabis, even on like a balcony or some, or, or on a terrace or even on a roof, like on a rooftop. I just don't know. I don't really understand the weather patterns too much in New York, but I do know that it's it gets cold. hot and humid as fuck, which makes for like moldy weed. Yeah. So it's, I don't really. It's time know. for the and uh, then it gets Phototron. Really I think New York is going to be competing. I think I think New York is going to be competing with Canada for the boofiest weed. Well, well, maybe if you have an oh. apartment the size of Donald Trump's says that his apartment was, depending on the, the, the year and the time, you know, you might have enough room. Oh, he could fit. Grow. He could fit six plants Such in that plants. place. He could fit six plants in that in, the, in that penthouse. Is it thirty thousand square feet or is it ten thousand square, uh, square feet? Thirty. Which one? Thirty. No, oh, he yeah. can only fit. He can only fit five plants because after Russia put Michael Flynn in, there was already one plant, so he only had room for five. Oh, more. that was funny. Sure You're it. so That's silly, true. Yaro. And depends on if, if he's telling a bank or if he's telling the IRS. It depends yeah. on yeah, how, yeah. how big his apartment is. He has. Don't ask Mazars. Mm -hmm. you, know you guys are funny. You guys, you guys are funny. Coming up next, we're gonna keep this train rolling. We're gonna roll right into Mr. Saman Rizani. He's out there in the car, being a star on the road today. He's also the man, the, the creator, the formulator of Hello Again, which reminds women over 50 how to say hello again. That's right. It's none other than the man, Mr. Saman Rizani. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, I am. Uh, I am in the Bay. I'm in the yay area, as they say. Oh. And uh, I am I am doing, Watch out doing for the bippers. things that dreams are made of, people. Okay, so You're uh, today You're we have a there? marijuana moment story uh, coming out of, out of our favorite state in the union, Texas. Don't mess with Texas. Texas activists launched signature drive for local marijuana decriminalization ballot measure in Dallas and Lockhart. Kyle Yeager reports. Texas activists are officially collecting signatures to place local marijuana decriminalization initiatives on the November ballot in two more cities, Dallas and Lockhart. The groups Ground Game Texas and Texas Cannabis Collective are spearheading the reform efforts, aiming to build on a spate of local de decriminalization victories in cities across the Lone Star State. Signature gathering kicked off over the weekend, with advocates circulating petitions welcoming volunteers to help put the issue before voters. Dallas, it's time for our voices to be heard, Ground Game said. Let's pave the way for policy that's not just rational, but necessary. The Dallas measure would prevent police from making arrests or issuing citations for Class A or Class B misdemeanor cannabis possession offenses, unless it's part of a high-priority felony investigation for narcotics or violent crime. Further, the measure says Dallas police shall not consider the odor of marijuana or hemp to constitute probable cause for any search or seizure. That's huge. The city manager and chief of police would be required to prepare quarterly reports on the implementation of the policy change with information about any marijuana possession arrests or citations that would be submitted to the Dallas City Council. The Lockhart measure contains much of the same language, including the overall decriminalization policy and cannabis odor rule for law enforcement. It would additionally prevent the city from using local resources to order testing of cannabis products to determine whether they meet the definition of marijuana or hemp as a part of the criminal investigation. Very interesting. Dallas is the third largest city in Texas by population. 
while Lockhart is a relatively small jurisdiction in the San Antonio region. Meanwhile, voters in Lubbock will get the opportunity to decide on the local decriminalization measure in May after lawmakers approved a resolution to place it on the ballot after declining to enact on the reform legislatively. Other cities have already passed cannabis decriminalization initiatives, including Austin, Delton, Elgin, Harker Heights, Kylene, and San Marcos, efforts that were largely led by ground game. In November, that organization released a report that looked at the impacts of marijuana reform laws. It found that the measure will, I'm sorry, uh, it found that the measure will keep hundreds of people out of jail, even, even if they've led to blowback from law enforcement in some cities. The initiatives have also driven voter turnout by being on the ballot, uh, the report said. Another cannabis decriminalization effort that went before voters in San Antonio last May was overwhelmingly defeated, <laughs> but that proposal also included unrelated provisions to prevent enforcement of abortion restrictions. Advocates are fa have faced issues in certain jurisdictions where voters approved decriminalization. Shortly after voters in Harker Heights approved their measure, the city council overturned the ordinance over concerns that it conflicted with state law, but activists but activists collected signatures for another initiative and successfully repealed the repeal last May. The Kyleen City Council temporarily paused implementation of its local voter-approved ordinance, arguing there were legal concerns that the lawmakers needed to sort through before giving it their approval, which they eventually did. But last April, Bell County filed a lawsuit challenging their policy. At the state level last year, the Texas House of Representatives passed a series of bills to decriminalize marijuana, facilitate expungement, and allow chronic pain patients to access medical cannabis as an opioid alternative. But they ultimately stalled. But but they ultimately stalled out in the Senate, which which has been a theme for cannabis reform measures in the conservative legislature over several sessions. The House passed similar cannabis decriminalization proposals during the past two legislative sessions in 2021 and 2019. Separately, a Texas Democratic senator brought the issue of marijuana legalization to the state, to the Senate floor last May, seeking to attach to, unre to unrelated resolutions an amendment that would have allowed Texans to vote on ending prohibition at the ballot box. But the symbolic proposal was ultimately shut down. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick agreed to an, agreed to another member's point of order, deeming the cannabis amendment not uh, germane uh, not germane to the broader legislation. Nearly three in four Texas voters, seventy two percent, support decriminalizing marijuana, according to the University of Texas and Texas Politics Projects poll in twenty twenty two. Um, more than half, 55%, meanwhile, said they were in favor of broader legalization. 17% said it shouldn't be legal at all. And uh, that's the story out of Texas. Very interesting. Sorry about my my whole camera situation here, guys. Just dealing, doing with what I can with these uh, California roads. That's Saman Razani reporting for Hyatt 9 News from the 280 in the Bay. Uh, what do you guys think about this? This is There's a lot of interesting stuff, um, mainly the, uh, the, the probable cause with the odor um, that's in this bill. I think that's really fantastic especially for anyone in texas i mean i know personally i i've <laughs> i've had to deal with law enforcement many times um because i've smelled like cannabis so uh what do you all think about the future of legalization in texas
Well, first of all, Simon, this bill ain't going anywhere, so Dan Patrick's going to kill it. He's 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 a he's he's a weed killer. He's like Roundup. Well, Jason, you got to get your boy Greg Abbott up there and uh, yeah. tell him to calm down his we, had to calm down the lieutenant governor. We ha- we yeah we have had those conversations and those con- conversations will continue, but nonetheless. So when you say kill it, you're saying they're just going to continue the Texas legacy when it comes to the death penalty. Sure, sure. No, sure, they're Yarrow. they're just going to sure. expand that to cannabis too. <laughs> right. They're gonna they're gonna electrify it. They're not even gonna vape it. They're just gonna put it in the electric chair. Hotbox them. Oh boy. I mean, I was just down in Texas a week ago, uh, and I gotta say, first of all, the two sunshine states totally excite me. Texas and Florida. It's cool that we're covering both. Thank you to the other correspondents who chose those articles from those states today. I gotta say, every time I go to Texas, I like it more. Yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. I went yep. to San Antonio. I went to Austin again. Mm-hmm. The other thing I noticed was that they had a lot of dispensaries. And these dispensaries, I went in and played dumb, which isn't a stretch for me. And I was like, wait, hold on. what What's going on here? And they had a, uh, they had a shelf for pet CBD products. They had flour. They were showing me COAs from... Oregon and and I asked the lady at the counter and she said, you know, it's kind of a gray area. And I know darn well the only gray area is on my temples because of my age. But I I I really I'm excited about all of the things the future holds for Texas when uh the tumbleweeds aren't just the things that are blowing down the freeway, but the things that I'm blowing on my on my free time. And I, think uh, we, is- we don't need to hear about that. We don't need to hear about you blowing in your free time. Yeah. Yarrow. Yeah. No, we but don't need I hear you. I hear you on the gray hairs. I'm blowing you know, clouds. Yeah. Not let you guys. Okay? Let you tell it, bro. Let you tell it, Yarrow. <laughs> Hanging out with Matt Gates. Oh. I, I hear you on the gray, on the gray area dot. I turned 37 tomorrow and I got my first gray beard hair. So, you know, shout out the, the grays, but, uh, but that's Happy the, birthday. but look, uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mary. No, but here's the thing about the the whole Texas thing. It's like, yeah, duh, they should decriminalize because they're already selling THCA in these dispensaries under the auspice that it's hemp. That's the bullshit. That's the whole entire thing that drives me nuts, okay, is that we're spending all this effort and all this time just to distract and just as a just as a a a complete misdirection of what's happening. We're wasting our time, our efforts of everybody in the cannabis industry. And it's a lot it's pretty it's it's savage because there's these really intelligent people on the other side of that that are driving that conversation and promoting the the hemp derived Delta 9 and the Delta 8 converted leaders. It's terrible. It's like get your shit together guys have a little dignity have a little respect for your fellow compadres here and let's push one narrative let's push one thing which is the free thc decriminalize deschedule and let's move forward if we don't we're going to be stuck we're going to be stuck in this vicious cycle for years to come and well, it's not going to help any of us Simone, none We're of those options be... none of those options are even on the table with this bill jason that's because no one's pushing for the options bro if people get together and f- speak with one voice we'll have those options on every bill in every state in every legislature that's how it'll go but it's not because why because there's still money to be made and as long as there's money to be made there's going to be people doing that we're capitalists we're ingenious entrepreneurs that's actually the problem Shout out. and i love texas but it's a little sad that the plant is freer than women's reproductive choices oh boy 
Oh, boy. I'm not touching that. I'm going to shout out to Sam Romaine out there. He says derivatives aren't evil. What do you say about that, Simone? Sam, Sam, if you could grow the plant out of the ground normally and enjoy it, is that better than using a synthetic chemical conversion process to turn it into what you want to turn it into? You, you answer that question. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And on that, we're going to go to a commercial, and we're going to be right back. Jason's defeated. Stop it. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yaro, I gotta take the yeah. shots while I got Stop the Stop whatever chance, you're bro. doing. Stop um, whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're not subscribed already. And all of the articles that we cover on today's show, you can read directly on our website at www.highatnightnews.com. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah. You know what it is. We just stretched, and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Hold on, Simone. Up next, we've got an independent journalist, editor, and co-founder of the Hyphy Leaks podcast. Work has appeared in Billboard and various other outlets. And here is my absolute pleasure to introduce one of our newest members of the team, L.A. representing Mary Carrion. Did I pronounce it correctly, Mary? Is that close? I think you muted the... Yeah, she's on mute. Oh, wait, no. Muted there, Mary. Mary. Mary, what's going on? Mary, Mary, why you bugging? I don't know. It doesn't show. It's not showing me that she's on mute, but I don't hear her. We don't hear you. I don't hear her. Oh, no. She's lost in the Matrix. <laughs> maybe try maybe try maybe try refreshing mary and uh in the meantime we will roll right on in to mr yarrow kubrin he is our very own florida man loves to wear sandals all around the house while he's breaking china glass that's right he does cannabis real estate and cannabis real estate every now and again that's right it is none other than mr yarrow kubrin <clears throat> Good morning, good morning. Hi at nine viewers, Tuesday, January 23rd. Truth is, I'd rather hear what Mary has to say than I have to say, but she'll come right after me. And uh, really great to share this uh, this stage here with all these esteemed guests. I have never lived in Florida, uh, but that's another story. 
My story today is from Marijuana Moment by Kyle Yeager and perfect segue from our conversation around hemp in Texas. So USDA sends thousands of surveys to hemp farmers to understand industry growth and challenges. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, USDA, is sending out thousands of surveys to hemp farmers across the country to better understand the state of the industry as part of its annual data collection initiative. USDA launched its first annual survey in 2021, and it updated the questionnaire last year before distributing it to farmers and releasing a report with findings that showed significant declines in the value and production of the crop in 2022. As in past rounds, the department's latest survey that was distributed on Monday, asked questions about plans for outdoor hemp production, acreage for operation, primary and secondary uses for the crop, and what kinds of price producers are able to bring in. The questionnaire, questionnaire lists preparations such as smokable hemp, grain for human consumption, fiber, and seeds as areas USDA is interested in learning more about. The survey, which is being sent to six thousand farmers also asked about hemp harvested to extract cbd cbg cbn and all the other alphabet soup of cannabinoids and or terpenes for use in oils lotions cleansers bath products and other nutraceutical and tropical products the hemp production and disposition inquiry will provide critical data about the hemp industry to assist producers regulatory agencies state governments processors and other key and industry entities, reads a quote USDA attributed to various agency officials in regional versions of a press release about the survey. Results of the survey will be published on USDA's website on April 17th in preparation for April 20th. The questionnaire also goes on over whether farmers are hand trimming the hemp they produce and what kinds of yields they've harvested and how they obtain the seeds and clothes they use. In 2020, USDA announced plans to distribute a separate national survey to gain insights from thousands of hemp businesses that could inform its approach to regulating the industry. That survey launched in partnership with the National Association of State Department of Agriculture and the University of Kentucky. Um, that department said it wanted to learn about current production costs, production practices, and marketing practices for hemp. Meanwhile, the USDA is reportedly revoking hemp licenses for, har for farmers who are simultaneously growing marijuana under state-approved programs, underscoring yet another policy conflict stemming from the ongoing federal prohibition of some forms of the cannabis plant. Federal hemp rules could be further amended as part of the next iteration of large-scale agricultural legislation. The 2018 Farm Bill that legalized the crop was supposed to get updated last year, but it's been extended through much of 2024. Lawmakers and policy and stakeholders are eyeing a number of proposals that could be incorporated, including measures to free up hemp businesses to legally market products like CBD as dietary supplements or into the food industry to remove restrictions on participation in the industry by people with certain prior drug convictions. For the time being, the hemp industry continues to face unique regulatory hurdles that stakeholders blame for the crop's value plummeting in the short years since its legislation. <laughs> Despite the economic conditions, however, a recent report found that the hemp market in 2022 was larger than all state marijuana markets, and it is roughly equivalent sales for craft beer nationally. Meanwhile, internally at the USDA, food safety workers are being encouraged to exercise caution and avoid cannabis products, including federally legal CBD, as the agency observed an uptick in positive THC levels and confusion as more states enact legislation. This is Yaro Kubrin, High at Nine News. I'd like to hear what my other panelists think. Oh, oh man, they're giving out a survey, bro. Are, 
Are you serious, Jarl? We might actually get somewhere with this. It's the census of cannabis. <laughs> Can a census? Oh man! Can they come oh. up with consensus? <laughs> can I? Can I sense? Can Insane. I sense this? But um, we do want to read out. We did get a. We did get a super chat. We did get a super chat. So we want to make sure that we read that. Um, this is from Sam Romaine. He says derivatives aren't evil. Access to anything is better than nothing. And gatekeeping politicians are evil. Mm. Okay. I well, I mean, bars right there. Yeah. I want to. I want to say. I, I want to say. I un, like categorically disagree. Look at Me all the too. stuff they put in our. Look at look at all the stuff they put in our food that we find is keeping us sick, is mm -hmm. making our lives toxic, and that's okay. There's a standard for that, and that's okay. But it's because it's access. Mm -hmm. They want to give us access to shitty food and toxic food, and that's okay. That's better than healthy food. That's exactly what you're saying, Sam. I disagree. Um, I think that I think that it's it's a form. It's just again, it's because there's people that see the law. There's creative entrepreneurs out there that want to get around that law and they want to serve um, somebody who's in need, right? And there's a lot of people in need, Don't but I'm saying give them the right thing. Give them the THC. Give them or give them the option. But the problem is we bifurcate the system into hemp and into THC. It's all the same damn thing. The chemical gradient in the plant with terpenes and other cannabinoids is the thing that differentiates that plant. There shouldn't be a law differentiating it. The nature does that. And whether you want a high THC variety or a low THC variety and hiring a different cannabinoid, you should have that choice. We should be able to deliver all of those choices to every one of these people in need in the country, in the world but it shouldn't be bifurcated based on nothing based on uh not like non-logic based on just a misrepresentation of what it is and it's now perpetuated because people want to stay in business sam so it's like dude what are we doing here we're not we're, we're not taking the opportunity to steward the you know mother nature and this plant properly we're just falling back to whatever it is that makes us turn into like greedy money hungry monsters so let's oh not boy. do that oh boy oh boy uh, if i may i Go think for it, when we talk about synthetic uh derived cannabinoids the word synthetic becomes confusing because people would naturally think that that means that it's not natural and what we're talking about is secondary extraction processes I think there's an argument that there is a very slippery slope there because the science isn't in. And so naturally derived hemp-based concentrates, I think is probably a safer route for an industry that probably wants to start self-regulating before it gets over-regulated. And when Saman talks about the toxicity in our food, I mean, there's a reason why my man has a gray hair at 37 on his chinny chin chin. So we really That's because the industry. That's because this industry and nothing else. <laughs> but but so, but Yaro, Yaro, you're wrong though. This this synthetic conversion process, it's a chemical-based process. So you're adding a lot of really toxic I, um acids and bases to this I, mixture I, and then you're distilling your cannabinoid out and distilling it and saying it's free of all these things I, look I, people give I'm people give people give uh, hold on, i know hold on. But, but the way you said are, it do we, do we have mary it, back it sound like... mary are you are you back mary are you back we still don't hear you oh. 
I don't hear Mary. Yeah, Mary, what is going on? What did you might do? What did you, what did you hit? Yeah, yeah you might have to. Yeah, reboot because yeah. I want to hear your article reboot, and I want to hear what you Mary. have to say. And I can only disagree. I can only agree with Saman so much. Saman, I may have said it in a way that may not have been clear, but I am absolutely agreeing with you that that secondary process, even if you're able to get a cannabinoid as an end yeah. result, is a slippery slope in a place where I think the industry is probably going to want to on the safer, more conservative side of only using cannabinoids that don't require that process to be created. Yeah, natural, natural. Yes, that's what we're saying the same thing. I'm just, yeah. I Thank just you. don't have any gray on my chin, but uh, I, I think that you, we are, we are absolutely <laughs> saying the same thing. I think the things that are able to be created through extraction are different than things that are able to be created through a secondary Look, process. What we're, what, we're, what, we're, what we're saying was created through extraction. It's just, we're concentrating. We're concentrating those naturally occurring chemicals in the plant. We're not changing the chemical composition of what's there in the base. That is making it more concentrated. I think the, the problem is the feds need to work. You know, uh, we we're, were talking about in the um, in the chat right here, talking about like synthesis versus synthetic there and Americans uh, not knowing like the differences in, in, in the processes there. And it's kind of like, I, you know, lightly alludes back to my story when I was talking about uh, synthetics and um, a lot of Floridians probably have um, a little bit of a PTSD from Synthetic bath salts. Synthetic. Yeah, oh, so they were boy. calling it synthetic marijuana. They did. They, 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 they were. They did those, call it synthetic. Those are, they did those call are that. just chemicals. Those are just chemicals. No, spi yeah, spice was not. Spice was not just chemicals. Spice was not just chemicals. No, 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 no. no. Spice right. is well, a they lot of chemicals. They, they, were, they were calling yeah. it that. They, they were calling it synthetic marijuana. Yeah, that's K2 what they were calling it. And spice. Look, guys, I'm gonna. And, and I'm gonna read say, the story about how salts are made next week for you guys. How okay. about that? Amazing. If you find the problem one that's is current. the definition of cannabis by the feds, right? It's yeah. Only require you know delta nine, you know, to be. It's but but that's just the, of, but that's just how when you don't have scientists in, 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 in Congress. When you don't have scientists in Congress, you don't have smart people in Congress. They pass right. shit, pass dumb shit that nobody understands. There's only a couple of scientists in Congress. Congress. There's only a couple of them. They're very, it's very it's smart for the entrepreneur to go and, and work around exactly. the laws and do something, but yep. it's just not good for the plant. It's not good for the people. And exactly, you know what I mean. It needs to be changed. Mm -hmm. That's that's exactly right. right, Mary. Mary, are you it's back with us? Sorry. Ah. Stop it. You could just really? mime to us. Yeah. Just mime the story. Yes. We can, we can sign it. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I wish you knew sign language. That would be really cool. <laughs> if she signed the story. Remember that, that, yeah. the dope-ass uh, the, the dope sign language lady from uh, when um, your boy, um, uh, what's his name from NIH, Jason? Your homeboy? Who? Your boy from NIH. Uh, the, the guy, the COVID guy. With the glasses. Keep Can you hear me now? Oh, there we go. Yeah, there yeah. she's back. There you go. There she is. All right, yes. I'm back. All right. All right. I just want right. to say that the hemp, the hemp world has made the most massive fumble, the regulations and the farm bill, basically. They fumbled everything. And hemp should be used more than just as a consumption, uh, like, you know, product. And we should be using it environmentally across the board, because I believe as somebody who has studied and reported on the environment, like extensively at this point, we could be using hemp to help fight our woes, clean our soil, mm -hmm. and also be, be using it as like a tool for industry that's going to have considerably less, uh, 
greenhouse gases emissions, and it could really help do all kinds of different things for the environment, and we're just simply not even doing that. So I don't know. Uh, we're really dropping the ball. We're not using it in the way that we should, and that's how I feel. That's right. Hemp, <laughs> hemp should be an industrial product. All the corn Absolutely. in the United States should start growing hemp. Yes. Government-subsidized, yep. and yes. we can become an industrial nation again by creating everything from hemp. That's right. From paper we can, to rope and we can be, buildings. Jobs, jobs, isn't it, jobs. Isn't it crazy that it was stopped to paint? The industrial everything. power yeah. that we once was with is capitalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Biofuels. Yeah. Cool. Hemp could yes, save, save the planet, could save the United States economy. Yep. It just Good. can, and it should. And some smart politician, I know that's an oxymoron, should uh, glom on mm. to that idea to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's well, sticky uh, and stinky, then Matt Gates is probably the right politician oh, to oh, lead oh, the charge on. Uh, <laughs> we we, we got we, we to get into Mary. An immature. All right, so, uh, so real, real, I've got a, I've got a short and sweet story. Yeah. Real quickly here. Uh, so she's an independent journalist, editor, and co-founder of Hyphy Leaks podcast uh, with work uh, appearing on Billboard, NPR, Insider, and Double Blind, just to name a few. I think it's safe to say our next correspondent, back like she left something, has a journalistic pedigree enough to put us back all in the doghouse. Mary, carry on. Please carry on. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad my sound is now on. Not really yes. sure what happened there. Hunter Biden. But um, I... <laughs> leave hunter biden out of this okay <laughs> um all right you. <laughs> i won't look <laughs> um so <laughs> so i love this story because i just love smuggle stories you know i feel like in cannabis we've really lost that edge because in that regard because like the smuggling stories that used to be like a dime a dozen are now much less. And so we don't really get them from that, from that, from that world anymore, but we do get it from the cocaine world still. And so this story, I just, you know, gotta, gotta give it up to this guy who really attempted a, a big, a big move here. So in New York, a traveler at John F. Kennedy international airport has been arrested for allegedly trying to smuggle cocaine inside of bags of jumbo shrimp according to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of New York. Zachary Scott, who is 22, is a citizen of the U.S. who lives in Guyana. He was arrested on Friday while going through customs at JFK Airport after arriving via an American Airlines flight from Guyana. During the customs screening process, his two suitcases were selected for secondary screening. Customs and Border Protection officers discovered loose clothing and multiple packages from frozen or, uh, multiple packages of frozen jumbo shrimp wrapped in sealed plastic inside, according to the complaint filed. Investigators say that the packages of shrimp were cut open to reveal brick-shaped objects filled with white, powdery substances. A field test of the powder revealed that the uh, revealed the presence of cocaine and approximately forty pounds of it altogether in total. And Scott allegedly told investigators that he had brought the packages into the U.S. in exchange for a payment of five or six thousand dollars. <laughs> if convicted, Scott will face a maximum of twenty years in prison. The story. Um, I would also like to add that the cocaine trade currently is getting really kind of wild in uh, in the global South, in Central America. And this is kind of, you know, along probably those same lines. Um, I know that Ecuador, for instance, is having a, re- like, 
like regulators in Ecuador are concerned about Ecuador just becoming a straight up narco state at this point because of how crazy things have become with the cocaine trade there specifically, which Ecuador is not usually one of the main countries kind of pushing like that, not like Colombia, not like Cuba, you know. Um, so, so yeah, things are shifting, things are getting wild. And this poor, this poor kid from Guyana really, uh, took it on the chin there. <laughs> Can't think of anything worse than, uh, cocaine that smells like shrimp. Well, I, just, <laughs> I, I can't think of anything Dude, worse than shrimp like that tastes like cocaine. Oh, that's you rather, 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 uh, like gasoline or shrimp? Which one? <laughs> Man, come on! Who just, I got Solina? You stip, uh, you, you just you dip it in the cocktail sauce, and all of a sudden your gums get numb. <laughs> Everything is just numb. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what's in, you know what's interesting here is um with, with all this talk about um, 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 cocaine on the street and, and about like 30 percent of it has traces of fentanyl uh, now i am surprised to see like cocaine business is popping like, bigger than it ever has been before right now like uh like I personally i wouldn't touch any of that shit on the streets like, right now uh, because of uh, the way things have changed over the last three to four years like i you get it without fentanyl I mean, this this article that you've shared today is proof that the brain does not stop developing until 25 because this guy was 22 years old. Hey, he's going to have a long sentence. I know. Yes. And, and I know. I know. It's sad. Yeah. We, 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 I know we're guy. short on time here. Uh, Jason, you want to roll yeah. right into Todd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Go for it, Rico. Up next, he is the Las Vegas man with the golden tongue. <laughs> Y'all know who it is. Granddaddy Perp coming to the stage right now. He is the uh, founder of the Smuggleverse and then also the man behind the scenes at Digipath Labs. Coming to the stage, y'all know who it is. Todd Dankin. Thank you, uh, Rico. Good morning, everybody. And, uh, thanks for the great stories you guys are providing today. The story is about uh, our man in charge who Jason really loves. Joe Biden administration will seek to dis dismiss marijuana industry lawsuit challenging prohibition, according to the DOJ. Justice Department says it will be requesting that a federal court dismiss cannabis industry lawsuit that seeks to block enforcement of marijuana prohibition against state legal activity. The document filed with the U.S. District Court for the District of Massachusetts Western Division on Monday OJ advised that Attorney General Merrick Garden will be filing a motion to dismiss reporting memorandum on the court-imposed deadline set for Tuesday. Overachieving lawsuit, plaintiffs claim that perpetuating uh, prohibition in state markets is unconstitutional, creating undue public safety risks while precluding licensed marijuana businesses from accessing medical financial services and tax deductions that are available to other industries comes about a month after the Justice Department and plaintiffs, a coalition of marijuana businesses represented by the inf an influential law firm, jointly agreed to request a deadline for extension for the filing of initial briefs. Against the federal government is being led by multi-state operator Verano Holdings Corporation and the Massachusetts-based business Canna Provisions and Wiseacre Farm, along with Trevit CEO Giassi Sellers. OJ also noted in the motion on Monday that it's seeking permission to submit a 25-page memorandum that exceeds the general 20-page limit allotted under the rules. The memorandum will present legal argument on multiple issues of constitution constitutional law, it says, 
defendant respectfully submits that five additional pages will allow defendant to present this case in a manner that permits meaningful review of the issues and will assist the court in its resolution of this matter. Lawsuit alleges that while Congress originally banned marijuana through the Controlled Substance Act in an attempt to eradicate interstate commerce, sensibly giving the government a basis to enforce prohibition at the state level. Lawmakers and executive branch have since abandoned that mission as more states have enacted legalization. These changes, the federal criminal prohibition on intrastate marijuana remains in place, unjustified vestige of long abandoned policy, the complaint filed last October states. Unjustified intrusion of federal power harms plaintiffs, threatens the communities they serve and lacks any rational purpose. Were, there were repeated mentions of the fact that while the government has taken a largely hands-off approach to cannabis in recent decades, licensed marijuana businesses continue to suffer unique fin financial burdens, including lack of access to banking services, credit cards, and federal tax deductions, or IRS code known as 280E. Without access to credit cards or online payments, state-regulated businesses must rely heavily on cash, creating serious public safety risks. Regulated marijuana dispensaries have become targets of robberies, original lawsuit says. These collateral harms increase the cost of state-regulated marijuana businesses and reduce participation in state-regulated mar marijuana markets. As a result, there is less innovation and less consumer choice. Existing ban on cannabis under the CSA results in an unconstitutional imposition on state sovereignty. Attorneys said, while Congress has the authority to ban marijuana from interstate commerce, has no general police power over marijuana grown, transported, and distributed in interstate commerce. Neither the Commerce Clause nor the Necessary and Proper Clause of the Constitution permit this overreach by Congress. Also takes a look at the history of cannabis laws in the country, pointing out that prohibition is a relatively recent policy position that followed more than 100 years of permitted use and cultivation to some extent then returned to the federal government's justification for banning marijuana under the CSA, which was a way to prevent interstate commerce, as was argued in the 2005 U.S. Supreme Court case Gonzalez versus Raich, concerning medical cannabis access for California patients. Justification no longer rationally applies, the companies argue. Not only has Congress annually renewed an appropriations rider barring the Justice Department from using federal funds to intervene in state medical cannabis programs, Attorneys general over the course of multiple administrations have spoken to their lack of interest in criminalizing people over marijuana-related activity that's sanctioned by the states. was once a single-minded federal crusade against the cannabis plant has been replaced with an ambivalent set of inconsistent policies, some aimed at reducing federal interference with state efforts to regulate marijuana, also uh, in the suit. The Justice Department says it will be requesting that federal court dismiss cannabis industry lawsuit that seeks to block the enforcement of marijuana prohibition against state legal activity. A document filed with the U.S. District Court for the District of Massachusetts Western Division. Uh, the motion to dismiss and supporting memorandum on the court imposed. Um, of the lawyers in the case said, I think the fact that one of the leading constitutional law firms in the United States is willing and eager to take this case its volumes to the seriousness of the action and the potential likelihood of, of the success. Hopefully this will be another factor that the Senate says, you know, we've got to get off our ass and going to lose this issue to the courts, he said. I'm Todd Engen with High at Nine News. What do you guys think of this frivolous lawsuit? 
<clears throat> well, I mean, it's not surprising at all that the Biden's DOJ would try to dismiss a lawsuit right. around this. Not surprising at all. You know, the lawsuit in, in, in the first place, um, it's an attention grabber. Mm -hmm. We thought it was a... Uh, it was uh, more of a distraction uh, than anything else, but uh, the fact that it does have some of the the biggest names um, in these types of lawsuits behind it, um, I mean, that it was going to carry a little bit more weight. But um, it's not surprising to me that they're trying to dead this shit. Of course they are. They don't want. They don't want to no. try it because they know they're probably going to lose. Oh uh, yeah, that's for sure. Probably will oh, yeah. lose. I'm glad that the MSOs are putting some of their resources towards furthering an, uh, a cause or a position on policy that would help uh, everybody. The Biden administration's position on this lawsuit is inconsistent with what he ran on. And I wish the stupid old man would understand that if he changed his position on things like this, he could get a lot of momentum going into an election cycle. You know, Biden, the difference between the rhetoric and the, and the actions is challenging. And you know, Kamala being one heartbeat away from that 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 presidential position, I think he's got the same uh, advisors for his presidential run that Ron DeSantis did in Florida, because he's he's fumbling the opportunity. It could be an opportunity for his administration, and instead, it's just bad press. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't see why America keeps on trying to teach an old dog new tricks. Like Joe Biden ain't changing; mm -hmm. he's not changing. Exactly. Trump should, though. It'll help mm -hmm. him win the election for sure. You know, um, I don't know, man. I don't think it's going to get any better. Um, call me a, pessim a pessimist. You know, all my liberal friends like to say, like, oh, yeah, you're conservative. And all my conservative friends like to say, oh, yeah, you're too liberal. But I'm just you are calling it liberal. like it is. You're pretty liberal. The system is broken. needs to be burned the fuck down. Libby. Yeah, I mean, these are you're just calling balls and strikes. And this is a strike, right? And so uh, this administration doesn't need to block right. this in so much as we've talked on this show about the coal memo and there was already sort of and, and, and jason talked about how to you know the, the uh, what you call nothing. it the robacher farm and then it went to the blumenthal whatever whatever McClintock. you know they're already not supposed to spend money enforcing against operators or compliant with state uh programs and so this would just be another incremental approach towards normalization and eventual federal legalization and instead they choose the obstructionistic position and they just look bad yep it keeps on looking worse and worse mm -hmm. every time he opens his damn mouth every time you see some shit like this mm -hmm. it's not very encouraging it's not it's not it is definitely on that note on that very somber note <laughs> thank you all for doing <laughs> to it bring the house down like that yeah thanks, right. <laughs> thanks for bringing us all back to reality time. thanks Daddy, uh, granddaddy down yeah. there. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us for yet another episode of High Nine News. You can catch us live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fan show on love. Big Sam in the building today. We get a little round of applause for that, please. Yes. Sam, his big super fan uh, contribution today. Getting their comments posted live on the big screen in our live audience and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day to the headlines of chaos, also known as the development cannabis industry. To our vetted correspondent team tuning in from all over, bringing us much needed variety for perspective and your respected opinions to the table. To our production team, cloud media partners, the, all the sponsors keeping our lights on, AV struggles to a minimum. And of course, Adam back there in the back looking like a... Uh, uh, a backup dancer for the BG. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. As always, Cannabis and Diva L, the reason we show up to read these stories every single day. Thank you, too. It has been Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. The show's over. You've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope it was enough to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. I'm Regal Lamid, the dopest dad on the street for High 9 News, Cannabis Industry's number one daily news show. Mary, carry on. You got the outro today. What you got for us? I have absolutely nothing except for I hope that today fucking rocks. I hope that you smoke all the weed, send the smoke signals up to the sky, and live your damn life. And that's it. That's all I've got. Mary, hi at nine news. <laughs> oh, yeah.